happy. It's a very, I'm very happy for the both of you. We're, we're happy together. <laughs> you and the watch. Yeah. Who isn't happy with their watch? Email us at twoscaredsiblings at gmail.com. To tell us about how you feel. About your regarding watch. Regarding your personal watches, which really only boomers fucking use, but yours is a, a different <laughs> one. Um, yeah, it's not a watch. I wouldn't wear a watch watch. I think I would just to make a statement. Okay, no, I'd, I'd have a pocket watch. Like, if you're gonna go old, yeah. go, like, super old. Yeah, like, exactly. Just, like, get a pipe, too. Like, but do, the Samsung Active won't work in my pocket. Uh, has no. to be able to detect when I'm sleeping and You can't walking. get a flip Apple watch. No. 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 <laughs> it's unfortunate. They should design them to look like pocket watches, like some of them. That would be Because that would actually be really cute. Yeah. But and it has to be, like, right against your like skin. That. Yeah. To like detect your heartbeat. Like it tells you all this information about yourself. So Right. Never mind. Yeah, that wouldn't work technologically, no. probably. Um which is I guess the exact reason they didn't have them in the eighteen hundreds. That's exactly why. They're, they're like, like man. we have the technology, but uh, these pocket watches, man. Like how they're just they, not Yeah, like people just aren't holding them close enough to their bodies. Yeah, I can't even count their steps with this. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, yeah. guys. Hi. Uh, we are here, obviously. We are here. That's true. I mean, we're here. We are again. I'm so, like, zoned right now. I, I don't too. know why. I think I it's just, like... Th- yeah. I think I sat, like, for five, ten minutes in the Walmart parking lot today, zoning out the window. And then I, like, was like, oh, right, I'm here to go inside and buy stuff. You know what it is? It's totally like being at home a lot and like with the social distancing thing and not mm. not having somewhere to be with a deadline. And you don't have to be alert because no. nobody's watching you to no. make sure that you're paying attention. Well, except the government through your smart TV, but you know, who cares about them? Okay. <laughs> all they're all they're getting out of me is seeing me like occasionally scratch my ass. All they're getting out of that me is that must be really boring for them. They're watching me kiss my cats a lot. Yeah, me like, too. Like that's literally all I do all day every day. Right? Like any FBI or CIA people who are watching us through our TVs are probably just fucking bored. And they're just like, "Is that cat okay?" <laughs> the one agent's actually excited in the drama of your life just because he wants to know if Sugar's gonna be all right. He's like, "Oh, Sugar seems like she's in a bad mood. There might be some drama today." Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Some muffins demanding parama. food again. Yeah. <laughs> Prama. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so my fear. Do you want to hear it? No. Okay. Leave. No, just tell me. Tell me. <laughs> tell me what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I do want to hear I your fear. I think I've become a shopaholic. What? Yeah. Oh, that has been your fear before. Has it? Yeah, which isn't which isn't good. Really? Because that means that maybe it's true. I think it's getting worse now because... Like, with COVID going on and everything, now I'm, like, online shopping. Or when I go, I'm like, I should oh. grab everything I need so I don't have to come out again. Like, yeah, because the more exposure outside. And the, there's actually sales yeah. on. Like, nail polish sales. I've got, like, eight nail polishes today. Nail polish shales. My favorite type of shale. Shale. It's a good shale. You definitely stumbled on that five. one. But that I was did? Pure. Yeah, you said I didn't even notice. shales. It's, it's fine. Shales on literally no one, Literally no one listening cared anyway. I'm not sure why I decided to make that joke. You're welcome, audience. I didn't even but, um, hear it because I'm not even paying attention to myself. No, you're just thinking of that sweet, sweet nail polish. I was. I was like, all oh, those colors I got. Really awesome. So the one that you gave me was dried out, the sparkly one. Oh, no. Yeah, but I got like another similar one. Okay. So well, okay. If it's on sale, I'm gonna be honest. Impulse buying nail polish that that's probably fine. 
I think so too. I don't but think I that also means you're a shopaholic. A leopard print T-shirt. Okay, you've got a lot of those. You don't it's need from more. Walmart. And then, like, what else did I get? Oh, I have about four or five boxes of hair dye. Oh, because I can't decide what color. I mean, so I have two different silvers, two different blondes, and I'm not sure if I have a fifth, but. Yeah. Well, luckily, if you hate the next one, well, you can just go through them. I'll just go through them. Yeah, you that know what? You're stuck inside most of the time anyway, so you'll find the one that you like of the batch as you have to touch up your roots each month. I'm so. going to go gray. I think I might go gray. Well, you will inevitably no, at like, some point in your life. No, I know. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. With my you. hair dye. I want to see what it turns out as anyway. Hmm. So. That's fair. What's your fear? I guess, hmm. You know, it's funny. I had one, and then I was going to be like, I'm going to bounce off you again. <laughs> but I had one. But no, I forgot it, so I'm going to bounce off you again. Okay. Um, I think for me, it's – hmm. No, now I can't even bounce off you. Man, I am so zoned. Okay, yeah. that's my fear is I'm losing my mind being inside. Yeah. Like, actually. Because, like, Andrea's introverted. I'm not I have social anxiety, so that complicates things, but I very much need people in my life to give me energy, and that's not happening enough. Like, I understand. you and mama are around, Ish. but that's not no, I enough. Understand. I need more. I know. I don't understand that feeling, but I do know that when this is all over, I'm going to really miss it. I'm going to miss And I'm sorry for saying it. Yeah, you should be. That's pretty bad. But I really, like... Well, I know that society was never really that good, so leaving it, it behind did have some perks. Well, and also, it just seems like there's, like, this feeling of togetherness. Yeah, like, people because are... Because we're all going through it, and it's the whole world. Yeah. You know, like, it, it it does feel like there's this feeling of togetherness without having to actually be together. Well, it kind of shows... Yeah, it shows you who people are, mm -hmm. for sure, like... um the ones who cooperate with each other and offer each other things versus the weird people who buy crates and crates of I think canned pineapple or it's something. Not the like I don't want the virus to stay, obviously. No. Um, and I, I feel terrible for all those people, for all the people who have who passed away and their families. Or, affected. Yeah. 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 I just like I, – I still kind of like – this whole like not environmental impact that it's had as oh, well. Oh, that is true. That's true. Like we're not all commuting somewhere just because we're told we have to go sit in an office instead of, you know, doing work that could be done at home from home. So this is going to be a controversial statement. Cyclists were right all along. Cyclists. No, they weren't. They were though. Yeah. <laughs> they were no, so No, because those cyclists right, also drive. Yeah, that well. They just that defeats the cycle purpose. If you're going to cycle a lot for then you exercise drive. to be annoying to drivers and then they get in their fucking car and pollute as well. So there are just yeah, I'm, <laughs> like, if you're going to be a cyclist, a you have to cycle. cycle everywhere. At least okay, so Andrea and I have come to a conclusion. We went from like several different topics and people at home are probably <laughs> zoning out real hard right now too. <laughs> Because of that, but um, uh, email our... us at twoscaredsiblings <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, just to remind you what our email address is. So, yeah, today I picked the theme. Yay! I did it. So then Ren has to go first. Yes, and the theme today is bad stuff that happened in hotels. Yes, and I, you know, I got excited it was about a big, this theme. Yeah, because, I mean, well, we've broad, done hotels but, before. But it, like, really opens it up for lots of options. Although I have to say, yeah. when you Google that generically, everything about the Dominican comes up. 
and Elisa the Lamb. Cecil and uh, yeah, Elisa that's it. Lamb. Yeah, only because those. they changed like, the name. Yeah, there are millions of hotels around the world. I know. <laughs> well, it's because those one that case happened more recently, and you also get um, <sighs> yeah, you get the same people who died horribly. Elisa recently. Lamb was like the most. Elisa Lamb was the one people weirdest. Like it's the weirdest, the most creepiest. Well, case because of how she was behaving right before too, and like. No, there's, I mean, yes, there's, yeah, the elevator footage that everyone obsesses over, but there's also the girl, um, yeah, you remember, like, Kanika Jenkins, right? I don't know about that one. So she was 19, and she was mysteriously found in the hotel's, like, freezer? Like a giant, you know those walk-in freezers? Yeah. And they found her, and, like, I believe that, like, um, there were really weird details as to how she got in there. Like, it's what not as weird it? as a water tank, but it's, like... People wrote off her death as being, like, accidental, right? And but. <laughs> that was not the case, probably. Like, her, her family was not happy with that ruling because there were signs on her body, such as, like, her shirt having been torn, that <laughs> don't make sense for her just having wandered into a freezer. Plus, who wanders into an industrial freezer just for funsies and somehow dies there? It doesn't yeah. make sense. It doesn't I, make sense. The Cecil Hotel is a weird hotel. Yeah, it's got a bad history well it's pretty seedy i mean if you keep having people die there changing the name isn't gonna do anything for you sorry la yeah that's true i mean and people also just think it's cursed yeah because there have been like a lot of like non-seedy related things like things that have been related to like suicide and stuff right yeah so and ghosties i want to hear what you did yeah so I did not do the CISO hotel. I was thinking I think about it because we've covered. already like covered. I think we've even talked about like Kanika Jenkins. Yeah, we might have. Yeah. Like um. So instead, I did another famous one. That is the Stanley Hotel, Stephen King, and some ghosties. Stephen King, are you listening? Of course he is. Obviously, he's my biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's Stephen. You gotta stop calling me after midnight. It's starting to freak out my boyfriend. <laughs> Good old Steven. He's a little needy. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just, like, it's an interesting little, like, thing behind, like, The Shining, obviously, as you Yay. guys will find out. Okay. So, here's a, I'm gonna start off strong with a quote. Any big hotels have got scandals, just like every big hotel has got a ghost. Why? Hell, people come and go. Sometimes one of them will pop off in his room, heart attack, or stroke, or something like that. Hotels are superstitious places. I agree. And that's Stephen King on, like, when he was talking about his book, The Shining, 1977. Nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, he's not wrong. I mean... Yeah, like hotels don't want you to know this, but obviously older people and people who with well, yeah, disease you've got, like, and whatever, hundreds like, people of people die. staying in there. Yeah, people are gonna die there. At people some point. are gonna die. Yeah, it's just statistically. So okay, so around 1974, horror author Stephen King and his wife and fellow novelist Tabitha King spent one night at the Stanley Hotel during their brief residency in Boulder, uh, Colorado, which is an unfortunate place to be. Um, at the time, King was struggling with Dark Shine as the working title of his latest project, so Dark Shine was almost named The Shining. Oh. We're all glad it wasn't. Um, King had set the events of the book in an amusement park originally, right? But he felt that a more isolated setting was necessary, so according to George Beam's uh, book, Stephen King Companion, because Stephen King has a book that's called 
The Stephen King. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's like Stephen King for dummies. I love it. Uh, quote, on the advisement of locals who suggested a resort hotel located in Estes Park, an hour's drive away to the north, Stephen and Tabitha King found themselves checking in at the Stanley Hotel, just as its other guests were checking out. Because the hotel was shutting down for the winter season. After checking in and after Tabitha went to bed, Stephen King roamed the halls like a little fucking ghoul or something. <laughs> and I just like how it was worded by uh, by our friend George Beam here. He lurked around <laughs> the hotel. He through them. Like, <laughs> yeah, like a phantom. Yeah, so Stephen King roamed the halls and went down to the hotel bar where drinks were served by a bartender named Grady. I like that name. It, it's interesting. You, I've never liked it before. Yeah, but I like it now. Huh? Maybe it's maybe it's an acquired taste. I think so. Grady is an acquired <laughs> taste. So as he returned to his room, number two seventeen, his imagination was fired up by the hotel's remote location, its grand size, and its eerie desolation. And when King went into the bathroom and pulled back the pink curtain for the tub, which had claw feet, nice. He thought, "Quote: What if somebody died here?" At that moment. I knew I had a book. Really? That's all it takes. <laughs> no, it is actually. So if like, I just wander into somewhere and I'm like, what if somebody died here? Oh my God, I can write a novel. Well, actually, it kind of does work. Okay, so I've written a lot of like short horror stories, right? Yeah, I like them. And, and, oh, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, shucks. But it does <laughs> It does end up that way. Like you'll be in a weird like room or like you'll see a weird street or like a strange mm-hmm. stop sign or something and you'll just be like, yep. Yeah, I've had that happen to me too. Yep. I used to be a big writer and then I stopped. Yeah. Which I can't seem to should... finish things that I start. That is <laughs> pretty much every writer yep. has like a trunk novel that they've never finished. Like, yeah, like I can like get 50. the the concept yeah. going. And actually I've had a lot of dreams that would be really good books too. So Yeah, you should work on that. I should. Yeah, because like I mean it's I'm not also like you've got lazy, a deadline. Very lazy. Yeah, but I mean, work in short bursts. Be like, okay, for okay. 15 minutes I'll work on the novel and then I won't anymore and I'll watch some Netflix. Also, writing <laughs> scientific papers has kind of oh. destroyed the artsy side of me, but we'll see, we'll yeah. see. I no, mean, I do read a lot, back. so I can probably get back into that kind of groove. Yeah, you'll get you'll get back. If, if it's something you're, like, interested in doing, you'll, you'll get back. So, in a 1977 interview by the Literary Guild, King also recounts, quote, while we were living in, in Boulder, uh, we heard about this terrific old mountain resort hotel and decided to give it a try. But when we arrived, they were just getting ready to close for the season, and we found ourselves the only guests in the place with all those long, empty corridors. So King and his wife were served dinner in an empty dining room accompanied by canned orchestral music. Quote, Except for our table... All the chairs were up on the tables, so the music is echoing down the hall, and I mean, it was like God had put me there to hear that and see those things, and by the time I went to bed that night, I had the whole book, The Shining, in my mind. Yeah, so that's actually really cool. Yeah, that is actually really cool, considering that's like one of his most famous books too, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of a big deal. Um, <laughs> if you've heard of it is. a little thing called The Shining. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I, I mean, mean it's, it's a little obscure. You're listening to this podcast, you probably have. But, I mean, I'm sure there's someone like in a faraway land who's like, nope. We had a listener in Estonia. <laughs> yeah, maybe people in Estonia don't give a fuck about The Shining, right? Yeah, maybe. Like, I gotta be. Who knows? Like, I don't know. But 
In another retelling, King says, quote, I dreamed of my three-year-old son running through the corridors, looking back over his shoulder, eyes wide, screaming. He was being chased by a fire hose. Oh, yeah. That's normal. Yeah, that sucks. I woke up with a tremendous jerk, sweating all over, within an inch of falling out of bed. I got up, lit a cigarette, sat in a chair looking out the window at the Rockies, and by the time the cigarette was done, I had the bones of The Shining firmly set in my mind. Nice. So... There's a few different things, I guess, that inspired him for this. So, for folks who don't know much about it, as we were just joking about, Stephen King's novel The Shining was published in 1977 and became the third, uh, like, greatest, like, success of his career after Carrie and Salem's Lot. Yeah. I'm surprised about the Salem's Lot one. He's got several. Like, The Stand was big. And then obviously It is amazing. Carrie was obviously a classic. It is... Still one of my favorite books and of all Cujo. time. Like, yeah. He's just like... He's very just prolific. churns out fucking gold. It's all the cocaine. It is all. It is the cocaine. I mean, I, I'm assuming it's not anymore, but uh, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, I'm going to start writing again. Yes. Now you know what to do. to go get some cocaine. Yeah, and look at weird hotels. Yeah. I mean, I can do both those things, actually. It sounds like my jam. That is actually right like go stay at like um we've stayed at some isolated empty hotels yeah 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 i've done that yeah we've done some skeezy things at skeezy motels so you know exactly what to do i yeah get on this andrea so (laughs) the primary setting in the shining is indeed uh in an isolated colorado resort called the overlook hotel in the book which closes for the winter, similar to King's own experiences, right? At the front of the book, he states, quote, Some of the most beautiful resort hotels in the world are located in Colorado, but the hotel in these pages is based on none of them. The overlook and the people associated with it exist wholly in the author's imagination. Yeah. Even though, you know. It's kind of like the Stanley Hotel, though. Yeah, and he talked about it a lot. <laughs> according to like three different sources but maybe he didn't maybe those people made stuff up because they really really have a lot of stephen king fanfic going on <laughs> so king also decided to uh, locate the overlook hotel near the fictional town of sidewinder which is supposed to be near estes park the stanley hotel is never actually mentioned uh <laughs> regardless king's efforts to explicitly differentiate the overlook hotel from the stanley like Despite those efforts, it seems that he very likely at least imagined the Stanley Hotel as, like, the inspiration for the setting. Yeah. Right? Like, at the very least. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not buying it, Steven. Well, he even you says totally it. You totally did. I know, right? Like, he like, says, we were at this hotel, and this is how yeah. I was inspired. Okay. Well, but in the front of the book, he said, it's based on none of them. I promise. Except for that time when I imagined the entire book at this hotel that's exactly like the hotel in the book. That's it, though. Yeah, don't. It's not related to it. I promise. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, for instance, uh, room two seventeen of the Overlook features prominently in the novel, and that's the number of the room where King spent the night at Stanley. Yeah, this is the room on the second floor in the center of the West Wing, with a balcony overlooking the South Terrace. And room two seventeen remains the Stanley's most requested accommodation. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, people want to stay there. But hey, like, despite its connection with Stephen King's novel, the Stanley Hotel doesn't actually have much to do with uh, Stanley 
oh, ironic, Stanley Kubrick's <laughs> famous film adaptation, you know? <laughs> So Kubrick's, uh, for everyone who's seen that famous movie, vision for the movie differed significantly from Stephen King's in like many ways, including the portrayal of the, the hotel itself, of the Overlook. The exteriors of Kubrick's Overlook were supplied by the Timberline Lodge, built like 1936 to 38, uh, near Mount Hood in Oregon. And his inspiration for the interior sets came primarily from the Awani Hotel, which was built in 1927 in Yosemite National Park. Right? So the management of the Timberline Lodge was worried that guests would refuse to stay in their room 217 if it were featured in a horror movie, and insisted that Kubrick change the haunted room in the film to the fictional room 237. Oh. So that's why it's different in the movie than in the It doesn't book. seem like that would happen. There's, no, there are people enough like that true shit. crime and horror fans that yeah it be it would become the most requested room like haunted yeah, like rooms and shit like that they become the most requested rooms yeah that... like the stanley can attest to that yeah <laughs> <laughs> so more about those dang stanley hotel hauntings dang those dang hauntings <laughs> those hecking ghosts <laughs> so even stephen king uh, is said to have encountered a young child during his stay, which is scary Ugh. enough on its own if you're Andrea. Yeah, it's I gross. knew you'd grown. I, I knew hate you that. Were. I hate it. However, Why are kids so fucking creepy? <laughs> the plot twist. Awful. I mean, that's the plot twist because there were no children visiting the hotel at the time. Ugh. So it's not. I I know you're just disgusted by the idea of encountering a small child. I am. But. If there were children visiting at the time, child. that would still be scary. I know. <laughs> I know. That's why I was You're thinking. Like, oh, he ran into one of the other kids. At the, ugh. You're like, oh, that is bad. Poor Steve. Oh, sorry, Mr. King. <laughs> I feel for you. Oh, geez. <laughs> so, because I mean, like, the whole place was pretty much deserted during his stay, right? Which so. would be so awesome just to have a whole hotel to yourself. Wouldn't it be? I thought that was cool. God. Like, I would awesome. actually really like that. I would love that. Yeah. I don't know. Especially if it's a big like giant old pretty one. old one that yes. overlooks the mountains like and is snowy like an old and... one in victoria or something or like oh, in yeah. the mountains so not victoria but yeah like, like in the middle of nowhere yeah in the middle of nowhere in the mountains in a forest Ooh, yeah like it, it was i want to go it's got a cool location yeah also um many other guests at the hotel have reported having like their things like their items move their luggage unpacked seeing lights being turned on and off so typical ghost stuff but the staff also do talk about specific ghosts and kind of fondly and kind of in a creeped out way, both. <laughs> so here's a little bit about a few of those ghosties. So Paul, for example. A man named Paul worked at the Stanley Hotel from 1995 to 2005, so a good decade, um, and died of a heart attack while en route to the hospital from the remote hotel. While he was known for being good at a lot of things, one of those things happened to be his specialty in enforcing the hotel's 11 p.m. curfew. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So Paul was a bit, he really Anal. liked that curfew. <laughs> so it's not exactly uncommon for guests to hear an ominous, disembodied voice whispering, get out, after 11 p.m. Oh. Which I think is really funny but because curfew, that would sound be terrifying. Like, get in. It's <laughs> Go back to your room. <laughs> I mean, it's probably just like a lot of energy for yeah. a ghost to expend. So I guess get out is two words. Or if you're, or maybe he really if you're likes coming back movie. after 11 p.m., he's like, you can't stay here. You yeah. Miss curfew. You go somewhere else. Get out. Get out. I like to think you're he's grounded. just a huge fan of like Jordan Peele's Get Out. <laughs> 
the movie. Oh, okay, that might be it. Maybe he's just like, can, can someone please lend me their copy? Can someone please like bit torrent this movie for me? <laughs> I'm a ghost. I can't do it myself. So a construction worker uh, sanding the hotel's floors not too long ago also swears he was physically nudged toward the door, probably by Paul, right after feeling two arms pulling him back. So it's like, it's like he was, well, it's like, yeah, it's like he was grabbed like, hey, buddy. And then like, you're going to the door, push. I I just mimed it for Andrea. So I'm sure that was was helpful helpful. to the listeners. It was helpful to everyone. (laughs) I try my best. Flora Stanley, the hotel's founder, can be heard playing the piano in the hotel. Although that's alarming since she died more than 70 years ago. That is alarming. Mm-hmm. She probably... But she's just playing the piano, so it's okay. Yeah, like most of these ghosts seem pretty chill. And a lot of this info, like I didn't like plagiarize it, but a lot of this info came from the hotel's site, although they haven't talked about it much since. And I suspect like, I suspect a lot of them, like like a lot of the hauntings there have not been as great, like have actually been alarming but oh, that okay. they only are talking about yeah they're not gonna the tell ones you that about... aren't as horrifying yeah. yeah they're not gonna tell you about that time the old, old janine got beheaded in the boiler room probably like oh. that's not a real thing i just made that up on top of my head <laughs> see there's a novel Did stay it. at the stanley hotel yeah anyway. our ghosts will <laughs> murder you yeah no so a woman named lucy believed to have potentially uh been like a homeless woman or wanderer like a runaway prior to her death, uh, has been known to actually communicate directly with visiting parapsychologists and hotel staff. She responds to their questions by flickering their flashlights on and off. Uh, Employees of the hotel have reported hearing Lucy humming prettily from a distance. Hmm. So that's a little eerie. That's also fine. Yeah, Uh, most of them don't get a bad vibe from her. However, a ghost named Eddie, also known as, uh, there's a quote, the stinky man... (laughs) is a little less charming since the hotel has stated the reason for his nickname is that he would initially appear alongside a foul odor. Although, and staff figure this is maybe because he was, like, offended by the nickname, which, you know, fair enough. Well, Eddie now, Yeah, well, that's funny because Eddie now seems to come alongside a pleasant odor. Oh, he's like, I am a dirty ghost. He's like, I'm a filthy man. I need to have a ghost shower. He's like, how am I ever going to get a date this way? (laughs) <laughs> because he he still tends to make people like uncomfortable though and according to like psychics and mediums who have visited the hotel that's due to him having suffered like a really brutal life that was like filled with hardships Aww, right poor eddie however another reason he makes people uncomfortable uh especially in my opinion is probably because he's also known to be the hotel's prankster but in like a sleazy way like stroking the hair of female guests and kissing their cheeks oh it's harmless he's also a dead consent guy, so. eddie is dead. <laughs> How are we going to hold A lack of a yes that? is a no, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, Eddie, come on. You got to write, may I smooch your cheek in the mirror fog. Like, but he tried that and people kept screaming and leaving. Uh, no, he, maybe. Can you imagine those words appearing as you're like in the I show? would say yes. Like it would be terrifying. I'd be but like, I'd I be don't like, know. like sure, actually. I, you're clearly a ghost because I saw letters appear in front of my face without <laughs> anyone to do it. Um I'd I'd bang a ghost. Sure. Yeah, I why don't, not? Okay. Well, I'm telling Mason. I mean, he would too. Okay. So I don't think that you can wrap me out on this one. He'd be <laughs> like, Yeah, that's reasonable. So hmm. 
It's difficult to figure out, like, what these various spirits' like direct connections to the hotel are in every case, but nevertheless, skeptics of the hotel's hauntings are outnumbered by both guests and staff who remain steadfast in their reports of these experiences. Okay. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to go myself and check it out, but I honestly very rarely am ever haunted. There was this one time yeah. in a hotel, though, where I was there for work. Yeah. And I was on an elevator, and I was looking at my phone because I was just going to go for a smoke, so I had, like, brought my phone. Yeah. And I was just heading down in the elevator, and I felt like a – I can't remember if it was, like, a sigh in my ear, like <sighs> – Oh, yeah. I think you told me about that. Yeah. Someone was, like – some ghost was ghost irritated was that bored. I was on my phone. Oh my gosh, it's a boomer ghost. It's a boomer ghost. They're like, oh, I God. knew it was. It's some boomer waspy ghost. Dang millennials with their lives. I know. I was like, I'm just going for a smoke. It's not like I'm in the middle of. Yeah. You know, like I'm sure this ghost probably smoked plenty. That might be why they're a ghost. Exactly. Yeah. Who so, knows? Who knows? Just be. Just, be understanding. Just don't be a hypocrite. Maybe it's maybe it's, all it's I'm because asking. maybe it is because they died of smoking. They're actually mad that you're smoking. Oh, maybe. Maybe she's like, don't do it. <sighs> <laughs> I, don't I don't know. It was all a right. long and arduous journey for me. Mine is super creepy and it's not solved. Oh, yikes. Okay. But it's really good. It's really interesting. I'm excited. So this is the murders of Rose Burkert and Roger Atkin Atkinson. There's no N. It's just Atkinson. Atkinson. That's unusual. Yeah. So Roger Atkinson, who was 32, worked as a phone installer and repairman and lived with his wife, Marcella Shat. Oh, that's unfortunate. Who could have changed her na last name to Atkinson. Well, I don't know. Maybe the Shat family was, uh, maybe it's Shat. Maybe it's Shat. Either way, it's maybe <laughs> if it's Shat, then maybe it's just like like a special family thing i don't know some people think of their names as like being these important signifiers of their family tree or whatever i guess but if my last name sucked i'd still change it i, I would change I it fuck yeah so they lived in saint joseph missouri mm -hmm. they had a daughter together but their marriage was pretty bad Ooh. roger flirted with his female customers and he would sometimes purposely fuck up installations so that he would have to come back if Ugh. he liked the girl right Gross. uh one of those women was rose burkhart 22 who was training as a nurse and was a single mother. Yeah. And so she kind of became his mistress and slash girlfriend. So like a regular mistress, yeah, mistress A regular, yeah. Someone he saw like Regularly. more than for one fling. Yeah. yeah. So they planned a romantic weekend together. It mm. was going to be 270 miles away. There was an Amana Holiday Inn in Williamsburg, Iowa. And it's called, it's, the, it's a Ramada Inn now. Oh, so it's part of that chain. Yeah, oh. but it was an Amana Holiday Inn. Yeah, we're ugh, Iowa. And it was about a four-hour drive away. So they left, and they got there the evening of Friday, September 12, 1980. Yeah. When they got there, they were told there were no rooms because there was a mortician's conference going on. What? Ironic. How right? dare all the morticians take those rooms? I know, and then like then they have to like. I want to stay anyway. <laughs> near a bunch of morticians. Rose and Roger needed morticians by the end of this. Just oh, saying. shit. <laughs> that's a spoiler warning, but I kind of figured, and that's not great. Well, I titled this Convenient, The Murders though. of Rose Burkert and Roger Atkinson. Oh. I mean, I gave it away that's already. That's true. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, but it's weird, right? It's I had ironic. some hope, I guess. Uh, yeah. Okay, just I was like, like murders, by murder, do you mean murder, but were murder? They fully or like killed? just kind of half murder? Yeah. yeah. Like, are they okay? <laughs> 
Did they come back? But then the clerk double-checked, right? And realized that there actually was a cancellation for room 260. So they checked into the room at 7.40 p.m. Okay. So they got to stay at, like... The the, hotel they wanted to stay at. With all the morticians. With all the morticians. So that night, records showed they got three calls. Two were from Rose's babysitter, but they couldn't figure out, like, after this, investigators couldn't figure out uh, who the third phone call was from. Hmm. At some point, they were asked to move their car out of a handicapped stall, and at another point in the evening, they ordered room service. Okay. Several sources also mentioned that Rose had an argument with a hotel bartender, but investigators never discovered why, Hmm. and nobody at all reported seeing anything weird that night. So maybe she was just a little, like, a little drunk or something, just being kind of belligerent. Could be. Like some people get. It's weird, because they actually did talk to him. Mm -hmm. Um. I'll tell you more about that after. So the next day, shortly after noon, a housekeeper went to room 260 but found it locked and no one was responding when she knocked. Uh, So she went and got the hotel manager who had a key. Yeah. And they opened the door and Roger and Rose were lying face down in the bed, partially under the blankets. Rose was fully dressed. Roger was only in his shorts. And both their heads had been obliterated by a weapon with a sharp blade, either an axe or a hatchet. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's nasty. Some of Roger's fingers had also been cut off. What the fuck? Which may have happened if he raised his hands in self-defense. Yeah, I guess it would depend on how cleanly. Like, if someone, like, took him after death and did it, or if it looked like he'd been pushing and pulling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'd be weird just to cut off some fingers, but Well, but that could be, like, a gang-related thing. Yeah. Right? Could be. Um, There were two chairs, so... I actually saw a drawing of the crime scene. Yeah. Um, there were two chairs next to the bed on Roger's side. Mm-hmm. And they were, like, pulled up, like, as if somebody had been sitting there and, like, chatting with them. So oh, there was shit. evidence that someone had put their feet up on the nightstand on Roger's side as well. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it looked like people had actually visited them and sat there chatting. Yeah, so it could have been... Yeah. It's weird. One of those people. Oh, and there was no say. sign of forced entry or a struggle or anything like that. So the idea is that the people or person that was there was someone that at least one of them knew. Yeah. And or they let them in. friendly or something. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like someone not someone completely in, unfamiliar. Yeah. It looked as though the killer had been in the bathroom as well because there was toothpaste around the tub and blood in the sink. So they, po- like, they probably washed their hands after killing them. And toothpaste can be used to clean up blood, so maybe that's oh, why that was there. I was wondering about that. I was like, they brushed their teeth. I know. Well, that's murdering. what I was wondering. Like, <laughs> and who knows about toothpaste being able to clean blood? Like, I didn't know. Yeah, like I guess this is someone who knows about murdering a little and toothpaste. bit, or like Googled it. <laughs> this was way back in the day, though, wasn't it? Way 1980. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So they didn't Google it. No, no they didn't Google it for sure. <laughs> okay, so yeah, they obviously learned this. Yeah. Uh, the weirdest thing. Like, the weirdest piece of evidence was the word this that had been written in soap on the mirror. What? There had been more words, but the rest had been wiped off, so the full message was gone, right? So it was just the word this. In the bedroom, though, there were fragments of soap on the floor under the two chairs that had been pulled up beside the bed. Sort of like the killer had been carving the soap there before using it to write the message. Yeah. But they might have done that before after the murder. So who knows? Like maybe they sat there chatting and carving up soap. (laughs) Yeah, some people are into that, I guess. Like soap carvings. But like what? Uh, Yeah. Like why using – why? Why like get rid of like the message that you took time to write on the mirror? Probably because it 
they were like they did it and then they were like oh this gives, gives away. me away but yeah. then then why not wipe off the whole thing maybe they just did a lot like a sloppy job of wiping yeah i guess so that's as long weird. as it the whole message couldn't be read they yeah it's like, good enough yeah. i guess yeah but that's really fucking weird so both victims' bags had been searched and money was stolen. Mm-hmm. Rose's nightstand lamp was on, Roger's with, was off, and the TV was left on. So it's like Rose had her night light on, mm-hmm. um, but on Roger's side of the bed where the chair was, the night light was – I don't know. I mean, I can't – there's no actual, like, dissemination of that. So No, it's just odd. It's just like what I saw in the – the illustration of the crime scene. Yeah. Well, that's it's, interesting, It is though, weird. Because it's like, yeah. Why wouldn't both be on if they were staying up and chatting? Yeah, why wouldn't both be on? Or maybe if, the killer, like, like turned the it killer, off. Yeah, but then why not turn off the other one? Like, exactly. It's like, if he's conscious of wasting light, then... Yeah, <laughs> and he left the TV on. Yeah, it's just so weird, yeah. So here are the suspects. Oh. So Danny Burton... Is the mm-hmm. first one. He was Rose's ex-boyfriend. Yeah. There's not a lot of info out him out there about him. Out. Uh, there's not a lot of info out of him. <laughs> he didn't. Probably say because most people don't like being wanted for murder and questioned <laughs> about it. Um. Apparently, she actually had kicked him out of her house because of his drug use. And okay. after she kicked him out, he started stalking her. And Rose ended up having to file a report. She ended up telling the sheriff's office that if she turned up dead, it would be because of her ex. Mm, that's it's pretty telling. Yeah, she got a dog for protection, but later found it killed and hanging in front of her home. No. Yeah. Oh my god. I know. I'm sorry. If someone did that to me, I would. I would go after them. I'd hang them in front of my door. I would have door. to kill them. Like you're my new Halloween decoration, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah I'd be so mad. Like <laughs> I'd be so so upset. I'd be furious. Yeah, like call the police at least if someone does that to you, at the very least. Um, yeah, it doesn't, he was never charged with this, so I don't know. I guess this is prior to decent animal rights laws. He actually ended up being the prime suspect in the murders. Uh, he may have followed her to the hotel. Yeah. But he passed a polygraph test after, and he also had an alibi, but, mm-hmm. like, they didn't say what his alibi was, and polygraph tests aren't, They're all, not like, that reliable. That, yeah, Yeah, exactly. they're, like, inadmissible in court, right? Cause yeah, because they're not, not reliable enough. No, because, like, I don't know, you can fail one just by, like, freaking out, just by having yeah, an anxiety just by attack. Yeah, being nervous. Um, Charles Hatcher was another suspect. That was Roger's wife's, Mar- wife Marcella's uncle. Mm-hmm. So... The interest in him was due to the fact that he was actually a convicted serial killer. Uh, fair. And he had escaped from a mental health facility around the time of the murders. What? Yeah, but I don't know why he would bother going after Roger. He liked to kill uh, boys, like teenage boys and child boys. Well, maybe they knew <laughs> he like where he was. Like, if he went to visit them for like old times' sake or something. But why would and he then visit? And he was like, "Wait a minute! Now you know where husband. I am." Yeah, it doesn't make and sense. And how would he even like, know that he was they? at the hotel? Like, it yeah, make... like it doesn't it doesn't make sense now. But it, and so they also think that it's possible he was actually in Nebraska at the time because he was found there in October of 1980. Right. And it seems unlikely that he would drive like seven hours to Iowa. Find the hotel where his niece's husband was staying, kill him and his girlfriend, and then go back to Nebraska. Yeah. I mean, it's like seven hour drive at least. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. No. And it's not his thing. Like, I don't know. Well, yeah, no, he wouldn't have killed them for fun. He was into boys. Yeah. Uh, uh, gross. <laughs> I know. I mean, like, 
Uh, don't we always love hearing about child murders? Yeah. I just, like, maybe somehow one of them knew he'd ex- escaped. I don't know. That's the only reason I can think of for him killing them. I would think maybe if Marcella knew like his that he was down. cheating, oh. she might send her uncle after him. That's like, oh, I don't know. But when he'd kill her too as a witness? Or? Oh, no, 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 I never mind. Know. Yeah, like it just makes, it just, it's He odd. didn't kill her. Like she's yeah, alive, right? But, yeah, she didn't get killed. So uh, the hotel bartender yeah. was also a suspect because of the argument that he'd had with Rose. Yeah. Right? There's no real info about him. They don't. There's no name or anything out there. Um, so there's no, like, idea of what kind of person he was. But the day after the murders, he left the hotel and didn't even grab his paycheck. Oh. And then he abandoned his pickup truck, which he'd been living in, in Iowa City. Oh, boy. Detectives found out he'd joined the army and was stationed in Germany. But when he got back, they got hold of him and they gave him a polygraph and interviewed him. Mm-hmm. He said he left because his lifestyle, the way it was, would have made him a suspect, like, living out of his truck. Oh, yeah. Well, because it does sound bad. running away without your paycheck is more damning than living in a truck, I think, like. Yeah, like, that's the thing, too, like. And and also, why would you run away thinking you were a suspect? Right? Yeah. Just because you're, like, living out of your truck so you don't seem like. Like that straight up of a person, I guess, is what he's thinking. He doesn't seem trustworthy because he lives in his truck. Maybe this was some really bad argument. Like maybe he said something like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah, there's no mention of like how. It was a big argument if that was the case. Yeah, exactly. Like there's no mention of how, like what the argument was about or how intense it was. Yeah. And no one said anything about it. So it's kind of just like, unless it was a real nasty argument, I can't see him being a suspect. And if it was loud, then people <laughs> should have now. known what the argument was about. Yeah. Like, I can't see him, him being worried about this. It's creepy that he's worried it's about this. It's weird that he ran. So he obviously would have known that Rose and Roger were at the hotel, and it wouldn't be suspicious for him to be walking around the place because he worked there. Yeah, he'd get away with it. And he may even have been able to sneak into their room and kill them and then go back to work. But he also, like, wouldn't be unfamiliar. So, like, nope. they had a fight. Maybe he would come to the door. Pretend to be apologize. Be like, hey, yeah, like, I'll, 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 like I'm sorry. Drinks hey, let's me. chat. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. That's it for him. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's many suspects. There's okay. another suspect, Raimundo Esparza. Mm. So he was a man that had been accused of a similar murder in Galesburg, Illinois. He allegedly killed a guy named William Kyle in a hotel room using an axe. Mm. And the scenes were similar in that neither showed signs of forced entry, money was taken, and toothpaste was splattered in the tub. Yeah, and like how many people could have known about this? Exactly. So he looks bad too. But the Kyle case showed signs of sexual motivation. Yeah. And there was no soap stuff going on. Oh, so, okay. So, like, he didn't do anything with the soap in so, the thing he was convicted of. Yeah, and um, like, and he, they thought it, he had his motive was like, like there's no motive. Like, like his motive, no motive and the other one this, was yeah. like sexual. It was sexual, yeah, like yeah. to rape someone and probably then kill. So them. then, why would yeah. he like go after Rose and Roger? Like, there's a girl there. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. Well, I but yes, like I don't know. Maybe it seems he, like a maybe lot. he found out he liked it. It seems like a lot to kill two people. 
It does. I but wonder if they were if you're sleeping. Into like, that's the only thing that really makes sense to me. But oh yeah, maybe. I mean, if it was random and they were both asleep, actually. It but doesn't like, seem then like the he's chairs the best pulled one. up is odd because yeah. then did more than one person kill them? Like, yeah, it's it's just mm-hmm. did they watch them first? Why like, were there they took two? A seat? That's like, my question. <laughs> it's not mentioned anywhere, but why were there two chairs pulled up? Yeah, exactly. Like Rose or Roger, obviously, like. If it was one of them, then one of them pulled up a chair for themselves. Someone was sitting on the bed, yeah. probably, and then. But it seems more likely that maybe two killers pulled up two to chairs, and that they'd be just be especially on if the bed. they were awake at the time. Because how do you like quickly axe one of them without the other one noticing? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like and r- trying to run, but like, maybe they you'd were. Think there'd be more signs of something. Yeah, like, who maybe knows? One was. It's um, so hard to tell. The toothpaste thing does make it weird. Yes. Uh, the sergeant of detectives in Galesburg, Bob Horton, was pretty sure that he was the murderer in both cases. Like, he wasn't convicted of in the Kyle case either. Oh. Um, and he thought he was definitely the killer in both cases with Rose so and Roger Bob as well. Bob Horton is basically like, fuck, why is it, why yeah, is like Raymond Doki getting away with this, this shit? Yeah. And he interviewed him a lot, but no confession came from it. Yeah. And it seemed it like it did seem like Rose and Roger knew their killer and let him in, which would rule him out because they didn't know him. It's very possible like, though that someone like say you're staying at a hotel with a conference. Mm-hmm. Right? And you're a little drunk with your I don't know boyfriend mistress-ish mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Um, your male mistress. Um and uh <laughs> and someone comes to your door and like he's like, hey, we're just like having a little bit of a party here. You mind if I come in? I brought drinks or something. Like yeah. maybe they seem like a friendly person, like, hey, I'm working with morticians. What's up, yeah. guys? Like it's, I mean it's possible maybe. like they made friends in the hotel bar. Like Yeah, who exactly. Knows, like but... that sort of thing, you know? Like it's less likely, but it's something. Yeah. It's something. It's possible, I guess. But I don't know. Marcella Schatt, obviously, gained some suspicion, as did her family. Yeah. Because, like, maybe she or someone in the family arranged the murders. Marcella said she didn't even know Roger was having an affair. Right. But other people said that his cheating was actually common knowledge in St. Joseph. Right. Oh. Which must be a small town. Yeah. She said she figured the murderer was an ex-lover of Rose's, which is a weird thing to say, I think. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, I guess it's I kind of... Yeah. There's no evidence, though, that she knew where Roger was going that night, but it's possible that she hired someone to tail him and report back to her. Like, you can just follow people. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, it could have been someone in her family who acted on her behalf without her knowing. Oh, jeez. Roger's brother, Larry, and his wife, Elizabeth, believe that Marcella or her family were involved somehow. Mm -hmm. Because they said that the day before the murders, Marcella visited them crying, which was unusual for her. And she didn't... She apparently didn't tell them why she was crying. Oh. But, but it's like she may have been crying because she knew, like, she just sent someone to go kill her husband. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, that's the theory that, like, why people theorize that might have been her. Yeah, because, yeah. like, she might have hired, like... She might have been upset. Gotten like, someone else to do it, but, like, uh, knew it was about to happen. Because yeah. it was the day before the murders, so they hadn't happened yet, but... But an alternative if explanation. If you sent for someone that. to go kill someone that like is your husband, you might like mourn it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah, exactly. Like yeah. it's very possible, and she wouldn't tell them why, which I find is unusual. I find that yeah. more unusual. I don't know if she because refused like to maybe tell them she why. found out he was at a hotel with his mistress, and that was why she was crying. But then usually, if someone's asking you why, then like you would say. Well, I don't know if they asked why. Out. It didn't say that. It just that 
they obviously suspected that's why she was crying, so they obviously didn't either didn't ask or she didn't tell. Okay. Yeah. So it's hard and to like say she they, visited them, and yeah. during her visit, she cried. So who knows if like she was crying right in front of them, and they asked, or if it like she went to the bathroom, came out with her eyes her red, and, and they're like weird. Yeah, and they're uh, like, we probably shouldn't ask. That's just not enough like a details. bad time for her. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. there's so many. That's the issue. There's no details yet. So investigators thought the murder looked personal and like some sort of revenge. Mm-hmm. And I agree that it looks personal. Yeah. Especially with the writing. And it was mentioned on one of the sites that I looked at. There was like, what if it said initially, this is for Marcella or something like that. Yeah, and then they realized, wait a minute. Or like, this is for someone or this is for this is for your wife or this is yeah yeah and like like, that would be definitely that would give away who the killer was for sure (laughs) yeah and it would get like it would narrow it down yeah yeah get someone in trouble so who knows like i don't know what else other kind of statements that would have this on it that somebody would write after killing two people so i don't know it definitely does seem more personal than a hired kill yeah because, like, they spent time with the soap. And and in addition to that, like, most hired kills will just, like, shoot the person, right? Yeah, like, like they don't Like, they're not going to spend time with creative. the ex. Yeah. yeah. Like, and bashing their head in. Like, that seems angry. Unless it was like, this is for the money you owed me or something. Yeah, exactly. I guess, I don't like, know. as a warning. I don't know. Um, so after Rose's murder, one of her best friends, Tammy Berkman, followed the case closely, and she's collected a large amount of info, and she has a Facebook page dedicated to Rose called Justice for Rosie, if anybody wants to look. I didn't see if it still existed. Yeah. Um, Check it out. It might be. Yeah. It could be interesting to look at. And Marcella has also remained interested in the case. Mm-hmm. She actually is writing a book about the whole thing, she oh, said in right. 2019. Wow. Yeah. And in September 2016, and I couldn't find any more recent updates other than, like, Marcella's uh, talking about writing a book. Yeah. Um, but in two, September 2016, there was an article where they kind of stated that they were still working on the case. And they've actually been doing some DNA testing and, like, gathering blood samples and stuff from yeah. um, some of the suspects and talking more to eyewitnesses and shit like that. So Probably maybe it will get solved. I hope it so. It would be really cool if it did because I like this one. Like, it's really interesting. It's um, very but interesting. But I do want to know who did it. Well, and it doesn't sound like they did – I mean, I don't want to sound judgy. It just sounds like they didn't do that much investigation because there's, like, no details. Although they might I just know. be keeping them off. off it's like, possible, yeah. It's possible. Like, I just – it's weird that they didn't find out why the bartender and Rose were arguing when they – brought him in and gave him a polygraph and interviewed yeah, him. Yeah, you'd think that would have been one of the questions. Yeah, like, what were you arguing about? Yeah, that, that's so pretty basic. So maybe he did answer and, like, they just didn't publish that, but that would be a weird thing to not publish about. Yeah. Like, why? Like, it's just really Unless hard it to was just, like, her being belligerent because she was drunk and they just don't want to put that out there because she's a victim or something. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, there's so many different factors and it's always hard to tell with these things. So I hope it does get solved because, you know, be the family to members, know. too, probably want And I want to know what the peace. phrase was on the mirror. Yeah. I just want to know. I know. I know you do. And, and I do, too. I think I, I suspect the family members also really fucking want to know. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I, this is a like horrible thing to have get solved. Yeah, I do too. I it's mean, it's satisfying. interesting and mysterious and creepy when they're not, but but it's also like at these the, were real in the people. end, I want to know the answer, and so does like everybody who knew them, and so do most people. Yeah, exactly. Like their families want closure. You want to believe in the justice system a little I, bit. <laughs> I would really want like the person who did it to be punished. Yeah, like, like I'd you be want angry something. if yeah. somebody killed 
a loved one, right? So yeah, like a family member was butchered mm-hmm. brutally. Like I would want to know who did it, and then make sure they got punished for it. Yeah. So yeah, make sure they couldn't keep going around doing what they do. Exactly. Because that's the thing. Like no one's like. Unless obviously other... this person knows their shit a little bit with the toothpaste things. So. I know. Uh, which is not a good sign for future. Not really. Although I don't know. Into. They must have been trying to. They must have been cleaning blood like off of their hands or something. I don't know. Or like under fingernails, maybe. No, it makes sense. It's just like. It's not just weird for someone to know that. It's not like you can even clean up a crime scene, though. Like, they didn't clean that up, obviously. The bodies were there. So I don't know what they were cleaning with the toothpaste. This bathtub is filthy. (gasps) Maybe they're clothes. Oh. Maybe they're just trying to get some of the blood. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. Yeah, that actually makes sense. Okay. Anyway, so that's that story. It's really interesting. Okay, right? Iowa, please. I love that Hit one. Up Andrea. Now, yeah, no, that's that's interesting. Do you love that one? Yeah, I think it's a really, really good case that you picked. Thank but you. I also, you know, I'm 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 always like, that's so sad. It is sad. Like, I mean, but I get that they're cheating. Interesting, but at like, least still. it's not just like. Um, no, it yeah, is good. I guess. Is you picked a good one? Thank you. And you should feel proud. I am proud. Pat, pat. That was the sound I felt of me good giving about her this one. a back pat. Your hand is so hot. It's also sweaty. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look, it's warm in this room. It's really warm in this room. There's no room to breathe, you could say. But I'm... That was such a good joke. That was terrible. I'm so, so fucking funny. I apologize on Ren's behalf. I don't. Yeah, I that's don't why apologize I'm, on anyone's that's behalf, why I'm doing neither for you. mine nor anyone's. Yeah. All right. No, so, all right uh, check out our Patreon. Us. Patreon.com slash two scared siblings. I did mention our email twice. But, yeah, but uh, three is a lucky number. Okay. Two scared siblings at gmail.com. Oh. Ha. Stole that opportunity for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you can email us any weird stories, anything weird that happened in your life, and anything we'll read it on the podcast. That happened with toothpaste. Oh, boy. Tell, tell me your toothpaste stories. Yeah, tell us anything. Tell us anything. Because, like, it's always fun to, like, read listener emails out on the podcast. If if you're fine with that, you can also just send oh, it yeah, to us for funsies. Oh, yeah, check our email but... for that. Yeah, you do. I've just been really busy. Uh, anyway, Can't yeah. Oh, and tell us your stories about soap. Have you ever written anything with soap on a mirror? Yeah. Uh, did you ever kill two people with an axe in 1980? And just, or like, hatchet? email us. Yeah. We just want to hear your story. We just want to get to know you. We're very lonely, or at least I am. Ren's super lonely. Quarantine I'm fine sucks. without anybody. Um, yeah. All right, so. Tweet us. Tweet at us. Too Scared Sibs. <laughs> at Too Scared Sibs. Our Patreon link is also pinned to the top of that page, so if you yes. can't find And we're going to be doing bonus episodes right away here soon, so. Yes, um, for patrons. Five for our patrons. Yeah, yeah, so if you want some extra Ren and Andrea. Um, then that is an option. They're all signing in. They're like, I'm. They're like, that's exactly this. not the thing I want. <laughs> All right. Uh, Yeah, okay, so I guess we'll let you go. I guess. I guess. But before we do, we're going to give you a smooch as we do. Sleep well.